Hi, I'm Dr. Seeds. I'm your friendly neighborhood non-licensed psychiatrist. Ride the D with me. Ride the ride the D ride the D. Ride with the D with me. It's not weird you like hearing your own voice. Not at all, dude. I'm not one of those actors, too, who, I'll talk about this later, but I'm not one of those actors that watches myself on camera and gets super conscious of myself. I don't care at all. Because well, I'm so good. used to it at some point. You just gotta give, not give a shit. Yeah, well, you have to kind of enjoy looking at yourself, Yeah, man. I think. Especially when, like, I look fatter in some things and thinner in the other. I just go, hmm, I was eating better then. <laughs> it's obvious. Yes. And that's a good place to start. All welcome, right. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to The Wages of Cinema. Today, I am speaking with a very lovely uh, young actress. Mm -hmm. uh, she is uh, an another one of my local vocals, which is number three this is. Um, Sweet. And uh, Sarah is uh, also an actress, a producer, a writer, uh, does stage, I think, does the uh, screen, web series. Uh, if you pay her, baby, she'll come and do a number at your house. Maybe not. No, not at all. <laughs> no house no, calls. Not an invite, um, no. And uh, we're going to go over a lot of stuff. So, Sarah, hey. welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here yes. in my living room. Yes. It's awesome. Yes, we're back here in the, your <laughs> living room. Uh, last time I recorded in New York City, it was a little bit loud outside. <laughs> there was one point where I was early in the podcast and we were saying, like, I was saying something in this – in Loud so motorcycles are going by, and I was like, and those motorcycles are cheering you on that. <laughs> well, um, I'm kind of near a hospital, so we might hear some ambulances, so that'll be awesome. I don't know how we can spin that positively, but, no. you know, uh, th someone's a, possibly dying right now for you, Sarah. <laughs> Woo! There, there's a peaceful, there's there's a peaceful emergency. <laughs> good. Okay, good. I can say it that way. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing I could ask you about, though, uh, before we get into everything else, so... Uh, recently, I saw the teaser for uh, mm. Riding the D with yes. Dr. Seeds. Yes. Okay. Now, here's, now, is this your first time producing? Um, I think it's something. It's the first time I produce something that's my own. Um, sometimes okay. I've helped before on different other projects, but not in this capacity, not in this extent. Um, I think because it's my baby in a way, um, it was really revealing what a job it is to produce something from start to finish, to take something that I wrote about a year ago, maybe. Um, I shopped it around to some other comedy writers, some in like UCB, oh. some in like, you know, uh, and got some feedback. And they really liked it, you know. Uh, it kind of just came to me. I was riding the train. And you know how you, like, have these weird incidents on the train almost every day yeah. in New York where somebody just batshit crazy uh, does all the something time. and people – All the time. Yeah, and people either oh, yeah. are horrified or they're like, yeah, whatever, man. Like Nobody wants to look that person in the eye. No. Never. Because never cause if, I, if you make eye contact – then they might be coming for you. They're your best friend, like, for life. Yeah, until you, like, lose Your best them. friend or your biggest victim. Right, right, exactly. And um, I was like, what if I could tap into some of these characters um, and also kind of make it my own? And I also have this weird impulse. I've done it before in my stand-up where um, I want to do things that are completely not okay in normal <laughs> situations, okay? Well, that always makes for the most uncomfortable comedy. <laughs> right. Like when you're cringing completely right. with someone. Just like inappropriate, terrible things. Yeah. Like um, I bring up, I think I've brought it before, where if when I was in college, if the professor was like, okay, class, today we're going to talk about, and I just want to run up to his desk and just lay on it and like convulse and just like <laughs> lose my mind and just... 
you know, I feel like I, that's what I wanted to do or like lock eyes with someone on a train and just like make threatening gestures and see how they react. Like, you know, when I, I've said this before, in my, I think in my standup, if you have like an express train and a local, you know, for that weird brief moment, you can see into their window and they can see into yours. Uh-huh. I've always wanted to lock eyes with someone and just be like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> And just because I can't call anyone, we're underground for the most part, especially if you get uptown. Yeah. Um, and especially if it's express, you won't see them again. Lots of, lots of roll of a dice. Yeah, it is totally like it's totally insane. Um, I mean, so, if you, do, I mean, you do that with like even if you do that with like a little old lady, she yeah, might pull out probably, a gun and pull a Berkowitz <laughs> that's on you. True. Yeah. No. Right. Seriously. Or like pay everyone in a car like five dollars to pretend they're dead. And then me just laugh maniacally holding guns. You know, just that kind of stuff. So I like inappropriateness. I like, um, I really like it, especially in settings where, like, it's so not the right time. So, um, and this is where Dr. Seeds comes Yes, exactly. So Dr. Seeds is kind of a combination of my experiences in real life as well as my hidden desires. So um, I created the character, and basically she's a non-licensed psychiatrist, which means (laughs) she's pretty much nothing. Um, And she tries to fix people on the D-train. Now the D train is, um, like you know, it. notoriously a little bit crazy. I mean, every train is nuts, um, but what, the D train is. What makes this one crazy? Well, I mean, is it, is it the is it the neighborhoods it goes through? Sometimes the neighborhoods, but also just for some reason, it's got that weird '80s vibe of it. You know, you look at the cars and it feels like '70s '80s. It was definitely made in that era. It's like the orange, ugly. They like, haven't updated. It not yet. at all. Like it's not like the ancient C train, which I think was made in 1885. It's not even possible, but it feels like it. Whereas like the D train has this weird like 80s strange retro vibe. Yeah. Um, and I just love the vibe of it. It's super weird. Um, it goes express at a certain point, and that's where like you feel trapped and you can't get away. Sure. Um, and also riding the D. It sounds like something it, it, else. It, it, the double entendre oh, is already there. It's the I, best. I told the title to a couple of people, and they were like, "What?" Yeah, it sounds kind of like a porn, and I and I like that because um, I know some people who are like really sweet and innocent have been like, you know that that sounds like something inappropriate. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's the idea. Yeah. Because like people think, well, are you in that riding the D thing? You know. And I've actually had people come up to me at events and say things to me like, are you in that D thing? That riding the D thing? I'm like, yep, that's me. Yeah, it makes it immediately a hot, you know, yeah, it's button weird. thing. Um, um, but yeah, it's like, it's really, honestly, it's been one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done because it just was so easy to write because it's so weird. Um, and I feel like, especially women in comedy nowadays, we can actually get away with a lot of things mm. we maybe used to not be able to. So it's in the format of like, you're, you're a fake, you're, you're a doctor on the train <laughs> and you're just really wacky. It almost sounds a little bit like, uh. Um, I don't know if you've seen the, any of the skits with John C. Riley mm, from uh, yes. Tim and Eric. I'm yes. not even that big a Tim and Eric guy, but I love his skits. Dr. Steve Rule, I think is his name. Yes, you're actually the second person that's brought that up to me okay. when I've discussed Dr. Seeds. And it, yeah, the comedy is just very, very interesting in the dichotomy of really real people and then Dr. Seeds communicating with them. It just, It's just ridiculous. When you say real people, so it's not like... You're picking up people, like, you actually have actors in it. I have actual actors, but okay. they are so good because, you know, we, we purposely made this a SAG production. Sure. Um, I'm SAG, um, and I, I'm a SAG producer, so mm. I made it SAG on purpose, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool because I got to Taft-Hartley a few friends, meaning I got to make a lot of non-union actors, not a lot, a handful, into SAG members. Oh, which that, is really cool. Works. But I also got to hire a bunch of friends or people yeah. that I, were new to me. A lot of newcomers. We had some great auditions, and we were actually shocked at how many people were so good. Mm-hmm. But we did, made it progressively like SAG, more so SAG than than non. Um, is there so for that? Is it because that you you intentionally made it SAG? Aside from that, you're in SAG, but right. also because. 
to add to make it fully professional exactly. in that sense. Okay. Exactly. We had zero issues with any actors whatsoever. Everyone was extremely professional mm. um, early to set. Um, very good at communicating their what their costumes were. Knew every every line had yeah. zero problems whatsoever at all with actors. It's mm. almost like I didn't have to worry. As soon as we cast all of them, they were all so good. Um, they were so real in their characters. It looked like. I was bothering real people on the train. That's how good they are. So it looks like I'm legit bothering like an old lady for Coke, which is a thing we'll be discussing. You'll see later. Yes. Um, more on the cocaine yeah. later on the wages. Yeah. Of yeah, cinema. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I'm anti-drug guys. Um, but yeah, so it was brilliant. It was a lot of different types, different types of people too. We had people of all different races, uh, ages, I mean, that's the point, because mm-hmm. it's supposed to show New York, and New York isn't just, like, you know, yeah. the same type of yeah. person. But you do have you have Tom Wesson in there. I do. So you got, like, the handsome white I guy. I do. I have a handsome white man <laughs> that I dance with a lot. Oh, um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I love Tom Wesson. You, you might have noticed in the teaser, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit... A little bit handsy with his tie, but it's all good. You know, it's it's yeah. really fun. I'll make sure to post the the, tra- the teaser to the Please, Facebook page, just because you know people can't see it in our podcast, so they'll watch it on there. <laughs> no, yeah. If I demonstrate right now, it's just gonna be awkward uh, for for Jack. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be weird. Yeah. Um. But going back a ways, and then we'll kind of come yeah, sure, a wrap we'll around back. to we'll Doctor Seeds and stuff like that. So. You're from Baltimore? I was born in Baltimore, yes. Born in, so born in Baltimore or raised in? Raised too? until I was about like 11, 12 in, okay. in, in Baltimore and then outside of Baltimore, a little town called Westminster, Maryland, mm. which is literally like a small town that just cows live and then there's a main street. Um, <laughs> now it's bigger. It's bigger now. But the Ravens used to practice there, the Baltimore oh. Ravens. When they became a team, which was I think 1997, 96, um, they used to go practice there, and we'd watch them. So I saw Ray yeah. Lewis from when I was, like, a child to, like, older. I oh, watched him. Nice. What kind of memories do you have of Baltimore? Oh, man. Okay. Now, now, now we should say that, I mean, when I picture Baltimore, I picture a couple different things. Now, sure. one is, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but I know John Waters did a lot of stuff in Absolutely, Baltimore. Absolutely, yes. And then also, the thing now that people think most of all is because of The Wire. Yes. That a lot of people associate that. So sure. is Baltimore... Well, I, I imagine Baltimore isn't all of that, like, inner city. No, it's not. Madness. It's a very – it's just like any, I think, any really major city in that there's so many different parts. Yeah. And they all make up the real Baltimore. I you mean, the Baltimore – Right. You cannot peg it. You can't. Especially that, especially that city. Like, you know, at, later I moved to Richmond, and I think Richmond is smaller, and you kind of kind of peg it for the most part, whereas, mm-hmm. like, Baltimore is, like – Real, a lot larger. Um, it's got high crime areas. It's got um, beautiful historic districts. It's got um, the Inner Harbor, which is gorgeous. Yeah. It has Camden Yards, which is like one of the best baseball stadiums ever. Yeah. I went there from the opening day my dad took me, and we went a couple times a week growing up. So I, baseball and sports are a good part of my, when you my say, childhood. When you say opening day, what do you mean? Like they Camden reopened Yards. It? Well, it was, it was built in like the 90s. It didn't exist. Oh, and for some reason I thought that was like one of the oldest. <laughs> no, ballparks. not at all. I must uh, be thinking of something else. No, no, it's cool. Uh, actually, there was Memorial Stadium before that Camden must have Yards. Been what I was thinking right, about. and Memorial Stadium was this old. It's gorgeous. It, it it was big in its time, but it got really shitty and old. And, <laughs> and they needed something, you know, yeah. new. Uh, and so then they built Camden Yards. And I remember Memorial Stadium. Actually, I think it was about three. Um, my dad took me there because I, I have vague memories of Memorial, really small yeah. ones. He took me there and took me down to the field. And the Oriole bird grabbed me and took me out into the 
to the field, oh, the baseball that's field. Adorable. Took took me down into the dugout and then down to the pitchers up to the pitcher's mound. And then he brought me back to my dad. My dad was like this, and he pulled me back and ran around. Of course, my mom's like, you know, nervous. She's probably like, is my child going to mm. be abducted? But my dad was super into mm. it. I mean, that's that's his thing. Mm. So yeah, it's a cool city. It's a really cool city. And I know that um, I think Babe Ruth actually lived there and there's a strip club mm. called i think the green goddess maybe i'm wrong about this somebody told me about this there's a strip club called the green goddess okay. and upstairs is the apartment of babe ruth and his family and they'll let you go up and check it out if you know so yeah. that's baltimore above a strip club is a historical apartment <laughs> for babe ruth that's the where, best way i can describe where, where it you can maybe smell like the faint <laughs> aroma of decades old hot dogs <laughs> exactly. and beer exactly yeah um but so good yeah. memories though yeah, all good memories. I mean, awesome memories. I just love being around a city environment, and I love that I lived in a small town but could go to the city. Okay. And John Hopkins is there. It's a brilliant hospital. Um, so yeah, you know. So was it all, all? So it wasn't jarring though when you all of a sudden you go from being in this really great city that suddenly being like, oh, there's a cow, and that's right. all there is. Right. It wasn't is. a jarring because I got the best of both worlds. Like my parents made a point to take me into the city a lot to okay. experience some culture because you take the the Baltimore Metro, go in, whatever. Um, and also when I was little, uh, I had this is so weird to just even bring up, but I had uh, an allergic reaction to high fructose corn syrup when I was really little. Oh. And nobody knew what the heck it was, and I was just, like, getting sick all the time. They couldn't figure it out, and the only place that could was John Hopkins. We tried all sorts of mm. other facilities. So I'd go into the city a lot, actually, as a kid, for probably not happy health reasons. Oh. Um, <laughs> not to get sad. Uh, but they figured it out, and it was kind of it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we got to be in the city a lot more, and I got to experience a lot more. So Okay. Well, yeah. But now do you, you don't still have that allergy? I do. I actually don't. Oh, really? I have fructose corn syrup. I avoid it. Ah, interesting. Because it's gross anyway. It's probably not good for you anyway. Sorry, <laughs> corn refiners of America. I don't mean to speak out, nah. but but I know you're gross. already you're you're a vegan too. I right? am. So I you're am. a vegan, no high fructose yeah. corn syrup. I eat you gluten though. I eat gluten, so. Okay, so you're not the anti gluten people. No. Yeah, it's because <laughs> I don't have celiac, and I think a lot of people don't either. But they I think just that, say that they're gluten. I think that people. Glute, the gluten thing has probably just been co-opted by the health freaks that you must not have gluten ever. Right. And it's like, why? Well, because. Uh, yeah. Meh. Yeah, that's why. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good reasons, I know, to be a vegetarian, to be a vegan. Yeah. Tonight, tonight gluten, that's, that you have to actually research that. Yeah. There's has to, it has to be a reason. Like, if gluten made me feel sick, then sure, but I don't notice any difference whatsoever in my body. So I'm not going to be gluten-free. I don't yeah. care. I can actually, it's funny because sometimes when I do, I try to not have high fructose corn syrup either. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I do it's just It's hella gross, man. It's hella no, gross. No, yeah, it can be. I mean, I mean, sometimes it's, I can't help if I have a piece of candy that has it or something. Sure, sure, but, sure. Um, but like I try to avoid soda that has yeah, it and stuff like too. that. Um, but let's get back to Yeah, so, sorry. Let's get back on point. You know, sorry. Th this could be the gluten podcast Yeah, no, no, no. Time. Let's not make it that. Yeah, let's <laughs> definitely not make it that. Today on gluten. Yeah, like, find out ew. why gluten is good for you. Yeah. Um, no, so, <laughs> all right. So yeah. when you're, you're 11, you moved to this small town. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, actually what happened was I, I was born in Baltimore. We lived a little bit in the city. Then I moved up to Westminster at a young age. was okay. there until I was about 11. Then my dad got this crazy job in hmm. Tennessee. We moved to Tennessee. Oh, okay. So you Yikes. so you lived in a few different places. Yikes, yeah. Was that, and that must have been even Woo! more jarring to that go was, to Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, um, you know, it had really big churches. 
Uh, and it had a lot of fast food and a lot of Cracker Barrels. A lot of chain restaurants. A lot of Piggly Wigglies. Um, There wasn't a lot of diversity in in where I was, and it was kind of disappointing. And then country music, I hate. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry (laughs) to anyone who loves it. It makes me upset. And I can't relate to it. You know, eating chicken after church with my dog. And just some of it just... It doesn't get me. And look, there's some good country out there. Like I like stupid country. Like like I like Shania Twain country, but that's not country. That's like pop. She's Canadian. Yeah. Like that's I, not. I kind of like the old school country. Yeah, like, like really, really old, old like, like bluegrass, Johnny, Johnny Cash. Sure, but I can't get with this new stuff, so I wasn't into no, it. No, that's it. Also has the for me, it has the kind of not so faint aroma of like fake patriotic yes. shit that they put in there, yes. too. Yes, oh, no, it's 100% um, that. Also, the other thing, I have a friend who grew up in part in... Actually, he lived in Jersey for the most part, but then his family moved to Kentucky. Right. And the one thing he observed to me is that, like, the pizza there is awful. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get a good <laughs> How piece dare of pizza. You? No, I don't think it is. I think it's not good at all. And there's, um, it's not good. <laughs> no good pizzas, no good bagels. Yeah. It's like, that's why you go to But New a York. lot of good ribs, a lot of good fattening, oh, terrible sure. food. We used to dip, you know, Texas toast, toasted gravy. I think we all gained in six months, like 18 pounds each. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> that You could tell why the obesity crisis <laughs> oh my happens. God, if I because live they there? have all that steer. Woo! Yeah, if I still lived there, I'd be the fattest person ever. Um, <laughs> seriously. But um, even there, I did some acting. I did acting when I was younger in like church and stuff in okay. Maryland and Virginia. And I mean, in Maryland, I did a bunch of acting like for the church. I did an improv and group when I was little. Is that where it started though? Yeah, like at what I, point did you kind of get the bug? Oh my for god! It? Well, here's to be honest. I, Let, let's get the origin sure. story. When I was about three, four ish, I would make my parents play the Sound of Music every day. Oh. Like I was that person. <laughs> and, you get obsessed with a movie at that age. Yeah. It can drive your parents no, off. No, no, they wanted to murder me, I'm sure. I mean, it was this close. They had a second child, so you never know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Sound of Music. I used to watch it almost every day. I knew every word to it. And when you're a sponge like that and you're a child, um, you can absorb, I feel like you can absorb text so much easier, especially when you hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I can God, do a Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas. My parents used to do this to me when I would go. we'd go to parties. I'm like, Sarah, do Charlie Brown Christmas. And I'd act out the special from start to finish, including the songs, wow. all the voices you're, as well. You're right up my alley. I used to have that same sort of ability. Yeah. I, mean, I watched uh, probably it was Winnie the Pooh, something mm-hmm. like a hundred times to the point where <laughs> this was in the eight, this was in that era to give you an idea when, you know, you couldn't buy VHS tapes. You, right. had to, you could just rent it, but it got to the point where they took it out so much for me. It was like, eh, let's just buy it. And so they plunked yeah. down a hundred bucks <laughs> and bought a copy of Winnie the Pooh. Yes, a hundred dollars. Um, but yeah, no, no, you definitely do, you know, if, you know, it's even in that era, like when maybe you're just starting to learn, you're starting to go to school. But if you are media obsessed, I guess like creative people can be. Yeah, it definitely can go into you in that Immediately. way. Immediately. You know, when I was a dancer from the get-go, I did recitals. I also did sing- – I sang all the time when I was little. Mm. I did some recitals too, singing. But it was acting that really um, – even at age three, four, I said to my mom uh, – I pointed to the TV and I was just like, I want to do that. I want to do that. Mm. Um, because it just – I wanted to live in their worlds. Like I wanted to be a part – I wanted to live in Austria. Not I, Why would I though? The Nazis <laughs> invaded shortly after. Uh, but yeah, I mean I just wanted to be a part of every single thing I watched, including animation, including right. live action. I just wanted to be in that world and I thought it was so great that these people to me were so real. I wanted to do that. Yeah. You can, so, you can, you can make your – you can create your own environment right, in that way. Right. You know, you're not stuck in the boring real world. No. Of here we are creating 
right. this thing that we're in. Right. right, and I had a basement, and it called it. We had the, our basement was the dress up room because I had like four or five tubs of just outfits that yeah. I would change into and look in the mirror and have friends over, and I wanted to be a pirate almost every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were certain things that really got me, like princesses, pirates. You know, I love Disney. I love. I wanted to be one Halloween I was the Beast, and the next Halloween I was Belle. There you so go. So I never was like, I was never just right this perfect thing i just want to be this type of character i wanted to be literally everything like i wanted to be animals and people and dinosaurs and you know that kind of stuff yeah exactly so i knew that i wanted to be a performer at then i couldn't be anything else i i knew then that i had to do that because i kind of wanted to be a paleontologist like i knew i know this is <laughs> Dr- I, jurassic park yes jurassic of park course. inspired me but also i just love dinosaurs because they were so big and i wanted and i knew which you know the triassic cretaceous Jurassic, all this, oh, flip flop. I knew all that that crap. But then when I was a little older, I saw what it took to be a paleontologist. You literally are in the desert and you use a toothbrush trying to find yeah. this stuff. And I was like, it's, nope, acting it is. Yeah, you know. no, it's not the fun part where you're, you know, ru- you know, you're you're petting the brontosaurus no. or something. It's the opening part of Jurassic Park. No, where you're yeah, in exactly. The desert. No, it's it's <laughs> it's not for me. I'm such a, a phobe of camping and bugs. There's absolutely no way I would have I would have died. Um, so yeah. there, so you had that brief moment. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, Jurassic Park did that I think to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me it was it was a passion though because uh, I used to go to the museums like Carnegie Mellon Museum. I have family in Pittsburgh, okay. and the Carnegie Museum of, of Natural History has an amazing dinosaur display. Mm. And from like two to five, two to seven, maybe even longer, we would go every year, and I would just be mesmerized by these creatures. Sure. But like I said. The actual jaw description sounded terrible. No, no. Acting is a lot more fun. I mean, it's like, hmm, memorizing my lines, (laughs) having to learn every single fossil. Yeah, Hmm. and and getting bitten up in the process. See, I'm just so stupid about it. I just don't want to be outside in the dirt. That's really all it is. I hate it. The idea of it sucks. Um, Mm -hmm. Nope. So I'd rather do that on a set and know that I can go back to a shower later that night. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that I knew from a young age exactly what mm. I wanted to do. And then in church, I had my first big role. I was in... Did they have, like... what In church, do they do plays? Do yeah, it was added? a play that someone... I think someone wrote, and it was about huh. Noah's Ark. And I was... Okay. This is ridiculous. I was the lawyer trying to shut down... <laughs> I was the lawyer trying to shut down Noah and his things because it was illegal <laughs> to build a giant ark. And uh. my name was Philo Q. Faxit. <laughs> and, I, and I got to wear a blazer and I had paragraphs and paragraphs of lines. And I think uh-huh. I was seven and it was the first time like pressuring myself to memorize this entire script and I just went off on Noah every other scene and it was really funny. It was awesome and I loved doing it. I loved being kind of the bad guy but funny and people at church like ate it up, you know, and I just was like, yeah, I got to do this for the, literally the rest of my life. Yeah. So I did. Sweet. So and nothing deterred you. Like even like there were moments where you know you, you in high school it was still fun. It was yes. still exciting. Always fun. Mm-hmm. Always exciting. You know you kind of find your niche though as you grow. Like I I discovered uh, you know improv became such a big part of my life because after Tennessee we got out of there pretty fast. <laughs> uh, we came to Virginia, Southern Virginia, around okay. Richmond in Midlothian, Virginia, and um, I went to this place called Swift Creek Academy where I really got into improv from middle school on. Oh, so that early. Just, oh, yeah. Okay. Super into it. Super <laughs> into it. Yeah. Well, improv is its own art for sure. I mean, oh my I've, gosh, I've, because yeah. I, you know, when I tried to do like an improv uh, performance uh, a few years back, like it was just, I, and, I mean, one thing is I had to have someone there with me right. to play off of. Sure. If I was just mm-hmm. by myself, it wouldn't work as well. Right. So that's the other thing to it. But, right. 
you know, it, I think a key thing to it though is that you know you're you know they say the the cliche you know films aren't written the actors make up as it go along you have to make it up as you go along Legit. and it has to be good right like you know there can be bad improv as much sure good well I think bad improv really stems from a fear of not going all the way I think yeah. anything's super funny if you just are honest and you say whatever's on your head in your head like you can just say whatever and it ends up being like weirdly funny and you can yeah. work with it I I think that's what taught me at a young age that like just say what's in your head Sarah don't be scared. <laughs> and, um, which maybe is a big mistake. Uh, but yeah, Kyle Zimmerman was my teacher and I'll never forget him. And he always gave me such a big opportunity and he's the one who kind of pulled me into that. So I did. That guy. Yeah. He was my guy. Totally my guy. Um, when I was applying to colleges for acting, he's, he wrote me an amazing recommendation letter Sweet. because we had like such a past together and he's just super inspiring to me. But I ended up really liking that more than musical theater. I grew up doing a lot of musical theater, but yeah. I ended up liking more either straight straight plays and like improv was more my my thing. Sure. Yeah. Even though I love dance, even though I love singing, there was just sort of a disconnect between the acting and the. And it the, wasn't as real. No. No, like, and probably improv though. That's where uh, you probably now. Would you say that comedy is more so your thing, but comedy and drama? Right, comedy and drama. I mean, I found a really good home in comedy because I think. Um, I've just always been not afraid to not be a little unfeminine, a little bit weird, a little bit brazen. Mm. And as a girl, especially in the South, that was a little bit weird. And I felt hmm. that like, I liked that. I liked that I was a little different doing it and it came easily to me. I didn't care. Um, whereas drama, I absolutely love, I'm trained in it. I think even just as much. Mm. Um, and I, in school, that's kind of what I did more so in college mm. is what I did a lot of straight plays, a lot of theater, a lot of dramatic, mm. um, really emotional work. And I love that. It's very cathartic. Um, but I think comedy is equally as cathartic. I think to me, it's kind of like, I like both. I like that I can be both. And I like that a character, character can be both. Like you can be yeah. super, um, almost depressing in some ways or really like uh emotional um really deep but also be hilarious at the same time and i think that goes hand in hand with comedy to be vulnerable in both in in drama and comedy yeah just strengthen in it comedy as you have to really make it feel as real it yeah. has to be as real as you're doing in drama right you know because if you don't buy it that's really what it right. comes down to like that's something that i've learned over time like when i try and there are certain times early on when i tried to do things in college you know, if it didn't work, it was because I wasn't being totally truthful to right. it. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Your parents, they were always good for us. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, it's it's funny because like my household is a little is a little interesting because my mom is I'd say super uh, liberal and um, kind of a former hippie, and my dad's mm. super Republican. Ah, um, that split. And is That's very an conservative. Thing. And um, I think I got a great balance in my life because I got to see kind of grew up with both things and they're both still they're still good they're still married everything's good um but just uh, as long as they don't i imagine their political arguments might be a little fiery yeah yeah i mean when politics happen one's in one room watching fox news the other one is in the other room watching msnbc whatever you know what i mean just like (laughs) get away uh but i think they're both they both were the most supportive and amazing parents i i can't i couldn't have asked for more especially as a as a female um my dad was just as enthusiastic about me playing soccer, mm-hmm. which I did as well, uh, as me doing dance or me. He would drive me to plays and be like, "Sing it again," and he put he'd put the tape on again or whatever the CD mm. of a song I needed to sing in a play later, and he'd be like, "Do it again, do it," again. and he'd be super into it, just as much as he was in soccer. You mm. know, in soccer he'd be yelling up inside, "Yeah, get it!" You know, he was super into everything. 
Um, and I think that's really awesome. I was really lucky to have parents that were that were cool with me oh, dressing yeah. as a pirate mm-hmm. or dressing at me as a male character for Halloween and then a female character the next one. They never mm-hmm. questioned that and thought like, oh my gosh, she's a crazy lesbian or something. Never did yeah. they think that. And I'm sure in that small town that I was in, I'm sure there were some weird, you know, vibes. You know, um, I'm sure other people were like, why is there a seed, you know, dressed as the beast this year? That's weird. Because <laughs> all my friends were like Jasmine and then I was the beast. Yeah. I mean, I didn't care. Um, yeah, so, so they were, were the best. So were you a tomboy in that way, or? Yes. I okay. was a good mix of, like, tomboy, but I also really liked, I liked pink, I liked other things. So I was, again, it's kind of like that weird comedy drama mix, that weird Republican, like, I have a lot of extremes that I would like to embrace and kind of culminate in myself. So I find, I feel like I'm sort of a chameleon, you know, even now. And I feel like that's kind of where it all started, is, like, I was cool being, like, uber feminine, but I was also really cool being the tomboy. Hmm. When I was, um, in, I think third grade I had chicken pox and my dad was like we'll take you to the hairdresser because my long hair was tickling my neck and I was like I hate this I hate this and he took me to the hairdresser and they cut it all off I had a boy <laughs> boy bowl cut I looked like a little boy and I was fine with it I was like just get it off just get off my dad was like yeah you know he was into it and I noticed that immediately after I got that haircut in soccer the boys would all, all of a sudden always pass me they'd oh, always really? be like Sarah, come get it, man. And I'd come get it and I'd like own. And I always had the ability, but I felt like that was a a lesson in like gender when you're younger is like when I started to look like a boy and just that brief period of my life, sports became really a lot easier because I felt like everyone was passing to me. I wasn't, I was uninhibited. Because of the fickleness of young boys. Yes, exactly. Because I was a girl (laughs) like, cuties, don't give it to her. Yeah. So it was weird. And then I got weirded out because a little girl ended up having a crush on me, and she told me she loved me. Oh. And I went home, and I was like, I don't I don't know why. What's that? You know, I don't get it. Why does she love me and my dad? I remember my parents just being like, oh, man, Sarah. Yeah, you're learning stuff really young. You know, like <laughs> We have girl- to have that. We don't even have to have that sex conversation. No. We have to have the lesbian yeah, conversation. Yeah, they have that people can like uh, the same. You know, and it, I don't know if that girl even was. I just think maybe she like like liked me. But that, weirded, that did weird me out. So, I mean, I knew mm. I was... And it was straight from a young age. I just didn't know that, like, that was that was not something I even understood, mm. you know, at the time. I was like, wait, why does a girl love me like that? That's, mm. you know, and that was interesting. So anyway, so, yeah, so I kind of I kind of liked that I was a tomboy, but I also did a lot of girly things as well. Stereotypical girly. I don't want to call them girly because they're whatever. Um, but, yeah, so it's a that, good mix. Yeah, having that balance is certainly good mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, especially as you, yeah, because I think I saw in, it was on IMDb that like, yeah, your dad's an engineer or something, mm-hmm. and your mom is a, uh, she's art. sort of in the arts. Yeah, she's an art teacher. She was a, she was like a, a fine, so she was painting and, and drawing. She was more like the art that, um, it's just beautiful. She can paint so mm. so brilliantly. Nice. Um, she hasn't done it in a while because she became a homemaker and we mm. took over her life. And oh. thank you, mom, for that. You're the best. <laughs> uh, no, she did. She was she was just the best mother. She was very nurturing. She took off work as soon as we were born, and she mm. raised us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she has that artistic flair to her. She has that artsy side to her. Yeah. But no one in the performing arts exists in my family. Mm. I can't think of a single person. So it was weird. So you're, you're kind of like the outlier. Oh, absolutely. You know, huh. and even my even my cousins who aren't actors or anything, everyone was really embracing of me. I was definitely weird for them. I'm sure I was just <laughs> different, but they but they really liked it. I really had a good time with the fam. But yeah, no one no one's an actor in my family. No one. Okay, so all right, so in high school you're doing yeah. the, the musical theater, you're yes. doing the improv. Yes. And 
that leads you into into college. Like, yes. Do you, and you know, in that you're gonna go and yeah, go for acting there too. For sure. And I always wanted to end up in New York, but you know, financially, it just wasn't it wasn't mm. possible. For so me you to... didn't wind up there at first. No, you... I wanted to go to NYU, and um, that's a that... That, that can be tough. Well, yeah, <laughs> a little I bit mean, of competition there. Well, yeah, it? I mean, getting in wasn't my. I mean, this makes me sound like I'm full of myself, but getting in wasn't the problem. It was the financial problem. Yeah, it was that, that FAFSA tough. thought my dad made too much money to actually help us, but actually we couldn't afford that school, mm. you know? So it was like a catch 22. So I went to like one of another school that I absolutely loved, um, which was uh, George Mason, which is near DC. Cause I wanted oh, to, yeah. I was like, if I can't be in New York doing theater, why don't I do DC theater, which is excellent theater. DC oh. theater is amazing. Oh, you know, there's so much good theater down there. Um, I, and I had so much excellent professors. A lot of them are published playwrights. A lot of them were acting. Ed Giroux is like a, a really great, brilliant actor. He's done a bunch of like Stacey Keach mm. and stuff like that. And a lot of Shakespeare stuff happened there. And I just, I, I couldn't mm. have gotten a better experience. Mm. So I did a lot of straight theater in, in DC, but mostly at George Mason. Okay. Were there other people there? Like who were, who were your, uh, were there contemporaries? Were there people you went to school with that have kind of yeah? I mean, seen go I have a couple of friends that exactly. I have a couple of friends that um, have started their own theater company. Um, I feel like an idiot because I can't remember it right now. Uh, but it's really it's awesome that they're doing that. Um, Rachel Beauregard joined is a is a basically a famous country singer now. Um, like I have people all different <laughs> fats. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not weird that the country singers want every. She uh she's great. Uh. I think it's Native Run is the name of her band. Yeah, and they've actually become really big, which I'm super, super proud of. Um, a lot of people have either gone to create theater, have gone to do different things in the arts arts field, and then some people moved on with their lives and, you know, yeah. as it is, it is what it is. Mm. Um, but I actually got to go, I got a grant scholarship to go to NYU in the summer, later mm. in my college years. Okay. Um, and I went... Uh, to that summer, not to actually an NYU, but I went to Stone Street Film and TV Studios, which is an accredited from NYU, I believe. Oh, okay. And that's how I did that. Because for some reason, something told me, you've done so much theater. Let's see what film and TV is like. Oh, so you hadn't done film up till that point. No, I'd done like local commercials. I had like a oh. local agent. I did like, you know, local weird commercials. Nothing, nothing that had like a meaty you know, mm. role to fill. So there might be that like one barbecue sauce commercial yeah, late for sure. at night that you yeah, might pop up on. Yeah, some weird Best Buy commercial that was like a local, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, there was like weird commercials like that about the, the Virginia Parks Department and like stuff, <laughs> me in the park with my backpack, you know, all those little things. Nice. So I had that growing up. I had some film and I actually, we, I wrote, um, well, actually one of my best friends, uh, Jimmy Phillips, who's actually a writer for a newspaper now, mm -hmm. growing up with him in, in Maryland, we wrote, he wrote, I think, yeah, I don't think I wrote it, uh, Titan, a parody of Titanic, which <laughs> it's called Titanic or that ship that sank. <laughs> and it was um, just weird video. So we did a lot of comedy home video stuff, nice. but I didn't have professional, you know, uh, so. what, they, what they call quote on camera. Exactly. Technique. I didn't have, That's what the, I didn't the, the have class. any of that. So I come yeah. to New York city and it blew my mind. I think in like a day I was like, film is where I should be. Where, what year was that? This was in 2006. Okay. Okay. So you've been here a while though. Oh, well, I came here and then went back home. This was just for oh, summer. Oh, oh. Okay. So I think it was 06. I think it was 06. If I'm, I might be wrong. I was in college. I think it was like 18. Hmm. So had you been to New York much before? Was this like a totally fresh It was totally fresh. I mean, I came for that summer. I think I visited once with my mom and I just like felt like I was home as soon as mm. I got here. Yeah. Because um, I always felt like, I felt like happy always where I was, but I felt like I was not in the right place. Mm. Not like an angsty, like I'm a teenager and life is so hard and where am I? But I felt more like 
I need to be in more of a bustle. There's more of a, there's something I'm missing in terms of a pulse mm. of, of my, of what I want to be doing and stepping off, you know, the car, the bus, wherever we were the first time I got here. I remember just feeling like this is where I should be. There's just so much, there's so, so much, something alive about this place mm. and people are pursuing what I've always wanted to and I should be here doing the same. So that, that summer especially solidified it and I got to do, um, yeah, the Stone Street Film and TV Workshop, which I really loved. And we did everything from three camera comedies. We mm. did soaps. You know, we learned about... Because at the time, there still were some soaps. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Just in case if you have to do it. Vis-a-vis, well, we learned about, you know, the different angles. But we also learned... And my favorite part was just the film acting. Yeah. Which where we got to, like, this these gritty, awesome scripts. And I just... I saw my face on the camera. And, you know, they always say, like, it's daunting the first time you see yourself on camera. But it did blow my mind because they did this thing where they put our faces like this and then they blew it up in a giant projector. And because I'd done theater, I was like over doing it. Ah, yeah. And I'd see myself you, and I look like playing it for the balcony. Right. And I looked say. like a raving lunatic in the projection. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, let's just bring it in. Let's just be nat let's let's kind of tone ourselves down and be not tone ourselves down, but be just real. And it's amazing that I saw the camera pick up these nuances that I didn't even think were possible. And it kinda of blew my yeah. mind. Hmm. Yeah. So ever since then, I've been really more focused on film. Yeah. So, I mean, occasionally, if it c- comes up, you would do, like, maybe a play or something. Sure. But, but mostly, it's the film. Right. And, you know, and and I knew that I wanted to do, you know, in the professional sector, like, to do more film because it's not as massive of a time commitment. And usually, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to be not – if you're doing non-union theater, it's hard to do. I don't know mm. how people do it. Like, it takes over your life and you get paid jack. You know, <laughs> sorry, you, no, 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 I, you, you get paid I understand. Jack. Yeah, I no. understand. Sorry, you're like God. Don't my me. name. No, 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 believe me. If I if I hear the song "Hit the Road, Jack" one okay, more time, sorry. I'll scream. <laughs> yeah, there's no like God. She's such a Sarah. You know, there's none of that. So, um, so I don't have to deal with that. So yeah, sorry. So, so you spend the summer in the city. Yeah. You come back to. Yeah, I finish uh, up college at in in you know George Mason and, DC graduate, mm. and then I came back. So, but uh, oh wait, so. You went back and finished in D.C. and then you came back to mm-hmm. the city. Got my oh, degree, finished, got I my got B.A. It. You knew that there was no other place you were going to no. be. You weren't going to go to L.A. No. You were going to stay where you were. Well, I knew if I was going to go to L.A. because I grew up in like kind of a suburbs. I went to – I know this isn't the same, but I was used to the car culture where you drive everywhere. You kind of yeah. – I was really ready for the city. I was ready for like a city experience where I could sell my freaking car, mm. you know, just walk everywhere, experience everything like physically in person. Yeah. And, and I just felt like New York has a, has a personality that – you know, LA's great and all, but the New York has some sort of weird vibe to it that I really dig. Um, I'm not against LA. I'll absolutely, you know, the more I get more and more by coastal, like I do auditions there. I do, you know, tell it, mm. maybe it's over, you know, maybe it's video submissions that my yeah. agent gets me or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not be against doing by coastal or going there if I book something. Yeah. But I think for now, I just rather would be here. It seems like though that you can have a full career in the city. 100%. Like it's not, I mean, maybe there was a time period where right, I have to go out to LA. Now. Yeah. That's where the work is, but that's not the case anymore. No, not and at most, all. And they don't even film most things in LA no. either. They go, you know, Our episodics most... are more in New York now. We have more episodics right. for the first time in the last couple of years have been oh, yeah. in New York. Oh, yeah, I see. Which no one said yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Tax breaks. That's really what it is. But it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. T- tax breaks. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, like, in terms of the steps, like, so you start off, I guess, kind of just getting the things that you can get, right. like the short films. You start and off like doing, that. like, you know, um, if you're, if you know what you're, you know, if you're, if you get help from some other people kind of telling you how to, how to navigate this crazy world, um, 
I kind of did it myself. I tried to get advice from other people, but everyone's kind of seemed to be on their own path at the time, and a lot of people were at my level when mm. I first got here. So I kind of just felt it out. I did some student films, you know, so I could have some footage. Yeah. You know, you, you do all that. Get your real... You do that. You know, the backstage thing. You buy the, back back then it was printed a little bit more. Mm. This is only like five or six. It was still printed more back back five years ago. Okay. Now no one buys it. I don't think print. It's all like online. I don't yeah. even know. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> Maybe there is. I don't even know. Use it for toilet paper. No, li- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Life's changed literally in like five, six years. Um, in- insanely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I remember I did like some background. I did uh, some background. This is when I was non-union though, so I didn't do it very much because it was pretty awful. I did backstage auditions. Um, I remember my first audition in the city was for this thesis film, this master thesis film. Mm. And I remember going in and it was for a really like really feely, really emotionally uh, in-depth character. And um, I don't think I, I don't, I didn't book that one, but I remember it was my first audition and I felt so good about it. And it was so fun to like, Mm. to do that and to just say that I just auditioned in New York. It was my first big New York film audition. And Mm. I remember walking out just being like, yes, like even if I didn't get it, it just felt like I'm here. I'm actually doing what I said I was going to do. But yeah, it's a progression, you know, it was a progression. Mm. What were some? Were there any memorable ones for you? Like any performances that actually are, or or are they all kind of just like uh, maybe I shouldn't watch that today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not ashamed of anything truly that I yeah. did. Because um, it's hard for me to like you have a lot of credits that I know. it's hard for me to pick out one um, to talk about. Yeah, but, I, uh, I well I I linked up with this guy named Joe Davis who's a cinematographer and writer, um, and kind of in the beginning we did some really fun monologue sessions. Um, uh, called one was called Date Junkies where we kind of improved an idea and then I created a monologue out of it and we got to shoot in the park and mm. he's really great and um, I got to play with that. Um, we did a short I did a short film with him called Adam and Eve Must Die. That was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so I had some cool things in the beginning that I think it was just luck that I connected with certain human beings and you know that's really what was it able comes to, down to it really you that's really all have it to is. Make those good connections. You have to make these connections and and it's weird how you make them. It's really cool. And I did yeah. a I did a fun little short film with this guy named Jared Masters who actually went to my high school in Richmond and we linked nice. up here years later. Uh, and he was making a film called The Umbrella, which is about this umbrella that travels the whole city. So basically uh. someone leaves it somewhere, someone else picks it up, someone else leaves it. And he, you know, we just shot it one day. My my segment of it was in the in the park, I believe it was at the Met, mm. and that was really fun. Um, so, like, there were earlier on things that were great collaborations that prepared me for the harder roles later, or like the more intense ones. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely that. Like, and it's interesting because, like, when I look, if you if I if you look up yourself on like YouTube, mm-hmm. there's there are some interesting experiments that I've seen. Like, there was a video where uh, it was doing a scene from Girl Interrupted, yeah, where you. It was like the same scene, but yes, twice, yeah. and you did both roles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, just watching that, I thought was a great like acting lesson. Yeah, the fact that you can do have to do a scene in that one way in the yeah. sort of dominant role, and then flip it back and do the more sub, kind of right. submissive position, so to speak. Yeah, not, no, not I understand. <laughs> no, the one. one character is more submissive than the other. One character is more over, overbearing and girl yeah. interrupted. That was actually with Joe Davis. That was one oh, of the things okay. that we did. Um, so that was fun. So that kind of catapulted me, though, into, like, uh, more professional work. Uh, I, I got into the union. Um, so how does that work? So is it, like, now, this is something I'm just curious about. So is it, like, three on-screen camera roles? It's, no, that's for background, I believe. I mean, I think on camera you get your you get your letter um, after, I believe, two principal. Okay. Um, yeah, well, and then the, you're forced by, yeah. like, a certain point. Personally, I had joined – I had – 
joined AFTRA um, because I was doing like some radio TV stuff and it, that was kind of the thing to do. Yeah. And then once I became SAG eligible and I was about to get that letter that's like, you have to join, come mm. on now, they merged and I was pulled into SAG. Oh, okay. Um, and one of my really good friends, Jim Kerr, who's a radio DJ. Yeah, um, I think we talked about Yeah, him he before. was the vice president. I think he was the vice president of the New York local of AFTRA and he was like, they're going to merge. Like, this is going to happen this mm. time. And I was like, great. Then I'll hold off that $2,600 I was going to have to pay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I got like, lot. and I got pulled in. But I got to say, being a union performer um, is so beneficial. I'm so much more protected. I had some weird stuff happen early on where, like, I never got footage or, like, we'd shoot something and then the person would just disappear. Weird stuff like that. Uh, and there was nothing protecting me or long hours. And I was like, you told me eight. I need to leave. And they were like, well, I guess you're not going to get paid then. You know, whereas, like, now mm. – you're, you know, thank God paper. that was, thank God that was back in 2010. I don't have to deal with that crap anymore. But like now that I'm union, it was like, well, have been union for a while. Um, it's been nice because I know that no matter what, I have somebody that'll fight for me and handle it. And also just like, you know, it goes to your pension, it goes to your health, you know, you get health care. Mm. And you get all those um, screeners. Yeah. <laughs> woo, all those dang on screeners. Yeah. That's great. And I get to vote in the yeah. SAG awards. It's really, it's, it's really great. And I love it. And, um, like I said, it's just in the, it's just going to the next level. So once I joined SAG and I got, you know, I think my first agent who I'm still who still sends me out even now is Peter Co. Um, we actually met at a at a bar. <laughs> Not at a, not at hey, a, you gotta, you gotta meet them somehow. Yeah, well, it's not even like I purposely tried to meet him. We just sort of were sitting next to each other and mm -hmm. started speaking to each other. And then he was like, you know, I'm an agent. Like, I don't know if I was like, oh, really? And then we just kind of hit it off and then it went from there. And he's the one who's gotten me like some good, some good auditions. Um, and, and, you know, I found that as an actor, uh, I've had directors that I've become really good friends with that have used me consistently. And yeah. as they've risen, um, so have I. Uh, like Ray Mamrak, who I'm in, The Mint, which is coming out that, later Yeah, this yeah, year. I saw that. Um, that. Yeah, it's a, it's a movie about the music industry. Okay. And um, there's a couple people, like Disney people in it. There's like uh, Christina DeBarge, who's, uh, who's from the DeBarge family. Like, in the beginning of the rhythm of the night. Okay. And she's a singer in her own right. And um, she's great. We became really close on that. Um, but also Jay Wow's in it. <laughs> Of course. Oh, um, yeah. Didn't she produce it, too? She started to be executive producer as time <laughs> went on. And, like, Ray, who kind of revamped the script from what it was and also directed, he just pulled me in because mm. uh, I was going to be in something he wrote years ago. And Lionsgate picks it up, picked it up and did some really weird, wacky things, and I wasn't willing mm. to do them. And we, I kind of walked. And uh, But he always respected me for that, and I always wanted to work with him. And even a few years later now, here we are working together. And he's got NBC, NBC pilots coming up. He's, like, really big time, and he's, like, doing um, some – he's a member of the Directors Guild and Writers Guild, and, you know, he's he's just a good guy. Um, so Sweet. this is one of those things. And then I also met John Gallagher um, from doing an improv class, actually. And I knew I'd get – whenever I see a comedy improv class and it's with a director I want to work with, yeah. I'm always like, that's my class. <laughs> because I feel like I just – like, that's my thing. And uh, one of my my strengths, I believe. And uh, I, I we really hit it off, and we worked on a few projects since. Like, I did Sam, which was written by Nick Brooks, who's Mel Brooks's son. It's that comedy that just oh, – Yeah, it was at Soho. Um one of the movies I was in that was at Soho this year. Uh, Nick Brooks uh, met me through John. I got the audition. I got to I booked mm. that movie. And then um, I did The Networker. With John Gallagher was actually the director of that one. Um, and it was it was just a great experience. I got to be this feminist networker that knocks this dude down a peg. And he let me improv the whole thing. And nice. he kept all, all my stuff. It was it was just awesome. So that was cool. Um, yeah, so those, those were both at Soho. So those are two directors that, you know... At, 
John Gallagher is somebody who has like discovered John Leguizamo. He's the oh. one who a lot of New York talent has started with John and then branched out to other things as well. So you really got you, you got to make sure not to lose that guy. No, I mean, and he's my buddy. Like we get, we get drinks sometimes. You know, he's such a big supporter of Doctor Seeds. Um, mm. And everything I do, so he's a he's a big part of my life. So I love the dude. Mm. He's a good guy. How uh so going back? I don't know if this is going back in the way. Sure. But now we're now probably. we're in this sort of half decade, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, how, how do you meet Audrey? How do I meet Audrey? And oh, for man. those who are listening, Audrey Lorray. Audrey Lorray, that's my the girl. The legendary, uh, soon to be legendary director of yeah. Heaven Is Now. Yeah, she's great. Um, oh yeah, and Heaven Is Now was in that too, and that's coming out. That's <laughs> yeah, well, that's sort of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's she's. Uh, so I think that's how I first became big, really aware of you. She's a big part of my life as a collaborator and as a friend, but yeah, you me know, too. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, I met her, I believe, at a Nightwing um, party <laughs> fundraiser thing. <laughs> I. I think I was at that. Yeah, probably. and we just, yeah. I think, I, I don't know if we had much interaction, but she ended up noticing me that night and kind of, I think, interacting with me. Hmm. And um, and then later she reached out to me, maybe about a week later, about this short film she was working on called Heaven Is Now. Mm, back when it was a short film. Yeah, <laughs> and she asked me to be a uh, part of it um, in this, like, in this role, I don't want to get too specific because I'm going to give anything away. No, no, what's um, not? I mean... But, she, yeah, so that, that's how come we kind of met. And then we just kind of hit it off from there. Like, at first it was sort of like, you know, just professional. Sure, I'd love to do your film, yada, yada, yada. Two women in film, both, you know, doing more than just acting. She's writing, I was writing at the time, too, a little bit, but not to what I am now. Uh, and we just kind of hit it off. And then it just spiraled from there. I mean, we've just... Ever since we've just done bigger and bigger things together, yeah. and collaborated more and more, and but done on her own right, her doing really big things in mm. her zone, and me doing big things in mine. Yeah, when you get into Audrey's orbit, it's like she's just kind of like a creative force. You yeah, know what I mean, it's yeah. like she creates that force field, right? And you kind of want to stay in there. Sure, sure. And I think um, she's just one of those people where uh, we kind of once we met, it was just fireworks and. I'm a force of nature in my own right, mm. and she's a force of nature in hers, and it was just kind of like a, it's great because we can bounce off each other and then go to our respective things and create and create and create a circle of people, and she does here too, and then we come back in, and here's our circles kind of meeting again. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, so, And mm-hmm. it's cool because now we started meeting people like actors and you know some na- some names, some directors, some you know, really great people we've met separately, but know who both of us are because we both talk about each other. It's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. It's well, Audrey's nice. really rising up. Yeah. It seems like, you know, I she's mean, doing a lot. She's doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. I mean, it's also great too, is when you get to also have, you know, that the person who, you know, in this industry, you know, women have to keep, you know, they have to get that power together. Yeah, we do. You know, it's, and we it's, have to work together and we have to be kind to each other and we have to challenge each other. I know me and her challenge each other a lot too. You know, we're not just all like, that's a great idea. We're like, mm, let's talk about this. You know, we, mm. we have discussions. Um, and that's why, you know, with Dr. Seeds, I had Audrey attached as a director immediately. I thought of her cause you know, I think our visions are similar in terms of like weird, crazy humor. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she's not truly into the drama, the the comedy stuff, she really embraced it. I on think this. that she, she embraced I think it she on can, this. I think she can be very funny. Without oh, saying, ten out of ten. Without saying too much about the movie, there there are a few moments, and I mean, Heaven is now is a dark movie, right? But 
There are a few moments where I just laughed my head off. Oh, yeah. There's some really great moments in that. So, yeah, exactly. So she was the one I went for as my director. Um, and also you get that team, too. You get Clark yeah, and there's Clark, DP. Clark's a great DP. I also have, um, you know, I have Lindsay Han. Lindsay, Lindsay yeah, Elizabeth Han. Yeah, I she's met her a, a couple years ago. She, she's really interesting because she great. has that the terrible, awful lizard Lizard thing. thing. Yeah, it's great. That's great. No, no. She's another one who I thought... That's really out there. It is so out there. It's like these there. women and men who have giant lizard Dinosaur heads. heads. Yeah, and they're... and they're. Look it up so you know what I'm talking yeah, about, Yeah, terrible, folks. awesome lizards, guys. Look it up. Um, so, Lindsay, I knew I'd had to have her as a producer, mm-hmm. um, as well as I had her as a performer as well. So, um, mm-hmm. But I, I definitely wanted her, too, and it just so happened it was three women creating this thing. Mm. And do you think that, like, that definitely adds to something that, like, it really does make right. it, like... You yeah, know, its own thing. Like in a way, it also also with Wildcats. Yeah, that was also Wildcats very much a female-driven project too, right? Yeah, Wildcats is um, it's a it's a it's Rachel the director's. It's her story. Um, it's her story of how she kind of came to terms with her sexuality and or coming to terms with mm-hmm. her sexuality in high school, but also being a cheerleader, mm-hmm. also being this supporting hyper hyper female kind of. I don't know, it, this kind of a submissive role that she kind of felt really uncomfortable about, as would most people. I mean, mm. you know, it's kind of hard to be like, let's decorate the, the lockers of these, like, you know, football players, but we don't get shit in return. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you're just kind of there for decoration yeah. and of support. But mm-hmm. there's also this amazing uh, uncanny ability that cheerleaders have with their bodies, the jumps they can do, the things they can do. They don't get enough credit. It's a lot of work. It's super hard. It's like gymnastics. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. When I watched, uh, I just watched it uh, recently, cool. and uh, it's weird, to right? Me, well, the the central the central scene for me, like it's good when you watch something and you can say, "All right, this is good. This yeah. is pretty good. This, yeah, is, this is all great. right. This is whatever." Yeah. The scene where you're all in the hallway, and you know, you have the flashback, <laughs> and then you're all just laughing. Yes. Flashback. Okay. So it's last year. I'm Allison, and I'm already not wearing the right colored uniform, and I'm on the sidelines minutes before the game starts. Uh, hey Allison, do that cheer for us? You know, the action one? Uh, I don't know you guys. Okay. But, what Allison didn't know was that Brian, our nerdy game announcer, was having trouble with his tiny microphones and had clipped them to the closest megaphone. Allison's. But it was too late. Oh god, no. I was at this game. I remember what happened. Oh, you were. Uh, Sorry. I really don't think I can handle hearing it again. I understand. Where does someone even learn words like that? Seriously, I'm really sorry. It was the most graphic thing I've ever heard. Blowjobs, blowjobs. But like, it was kind of funny. Assholes, do! I mean, I'm like, pretty funny. No. Steroids! No, no, you're right. It was, no. Bad, bad taste? Bad choice. I've never been to another game since. Okay, fine. Please, just let this serve as an official apology to everyone who was affected at that game. (sighs) The entire gym went silent. And then, Mrs. Finelli, mother of our handsome point card, Jake Finelli, stood up and said, And you're all 
going completely batshit and yeah. watching that scene i felt frightened yeah you I felt should. like these you women should. are going to attack and kill me it's like it. your id is exploding sure. from your heads yeah uh, that one, how was it like filming that scene? That was awesome. Um, I, what I love about Rachel is that she kind of, again, I find that a lot of these directors, especially nowadays, are letting me play and be a little crazy. Um, sometimes even when the scene doesn't say, yeah. she goes crazy. You know, well, what do you got to lose? You have nothing to lose. And um, she was so open to that. She was so open to me like just losing my shit on camera um, because I was willing. And uh, that scene was very fun. It almost was like, after that scene was done, it felt like we had like run a marathon and we felt good. You know, after you work out, your endorphins have been released yeah. and you feel like I got some workout on. Yeah, that's how I felt. You know, and especially with that cast, and we have such a great cast of funny mm. women, uh, which was started, just great. That started as a short, right? Yeah, it started as a short, and then became a, the a full web, web series. series yeah, too. because it it needed to be more, and and Rachel knew that she had a lot more. Her, her ideas were there was so much more to put in there and only in like a serious setting could you fit in all those components without it feeling like it's dragging. It's good to cut it up, you know, and kind of make it what it is. Sure. Um, so yeah, it kind of works and works a lot better as a series, I think. And mm -hmm. also she, you know, get better, better camera, better, you know, it just was better, a better product in the end. And, uh, I think Wildcats, um, is hilarious. Yeah. Well, there are some very unique images just like, yeah, even just the, I think in the final episode, the end credits last something like five minutes, and it's the song. Yeah. The, well, is that for the village people? Yeah, the village people. I did not choose the way I am. Yeah. And everybody's kind of getting into it. We have a choir. We, you guys have to watch it. Uh, Wildcats is great. It's at catsgoingwild.com. You can yes. see all, all of the episodes. And I'm the captain. Uh, I'm Cheese. Yeah. I'm Cheese. Mm -hmm. um, or Stephanie. Yeah. I was okay. almost thinking that you were going to have more of a role because yeah. you're the captain. But yeah. I guess it was Well, it's about, it's about you know, it's about her journey. It's about Allison's journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I liked, I think my role was as big as probably it could be. And so, so her role becomes, you know, it has to be about her because it's about her, her sexuality and her, um, you know, coming to terms with how she feels. Yeah. I mean, um, it almost, this might almost sound like a condescending comment, but I mean it as a compliment. Yeah. That, that show is full of what I guess you could call girl power. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, you can feel it even in that final musical number, <laughs> it's just like kind of bursting with like a feminine energy. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's feminine, but it's also strong and it's like weird. And, you know, Rachel likes like bathroom humor and stuff like that. That's in there. there there's that's some not really, my, there's see, that's funny because really I love the different types of humor. Stuff. Like I always say like my humor is kind of a mix between it's obscure, but it's also, I don't know, a little more grounded. So I think my humor kind of goes in the vein of more like Sarah Silverman meets like Louis CK. Mm. Um, but not as quite gross as Sarah gets. Like I don't like a lot of, I don't dislike it. I just personally, that's not where my mind goes. Like it can be funny. It depends. Totally. Just on no, the context. no. It is funny. I just think that when I'm writing or like where I go oh, yeah. normally isn't there. I go to the the weird obscure. Like let me touch you or be weird with you know. Let me let me disappear and appear out of somewhere else. Like it's just weird, obscure, awkward mm -hmm. humor is more my my vein. Yeah. Now you just reminded me though to bring up something because earlier on you said that you you've done stand up. Yeah. Okay, because that's something I, I didn't know. Do you still do it? Or yeah, um, is that something that you kind it's of It's kind of my little, little hidden bit? secret, uh, <laughs> but not really because I'm talking about it right now. <laughs> I took a class about for stand-up a few years back, and um, the graduation was a show. Um, I think I have it hidden somewhere on YouTube. I'll send it to you personally. I'd, okay. I'll see what you think. Um, it was my first show, and it was so I was so comfortable up there. I just felt really, really good about it. Mm. Um, 
And so then I would kind of, in my own mind, like if I walked past like a stand-up comedy, like whatever, like a venue. Open mic. Yeah, if I walked past an open mic and it's like one in the morning and I'm like, you know what, let's do this. I'll go in there and do it still, hmm. you know, just for fun. I won't tell anybody about it. I won't make it like a big thing. It's just really right. fun and cathartic to do. Um, it's interesting that, you know, you've been doing all this performing since you were like a real little kid. Yeah. You love showing like to people, mm-hmm. hey, it's me. Right. I'm amazing. Look at me. I'm funny. <laughs> well, I'm thanks, dramatic. Yeah. I'm yeah. wild. But then you have like this one little thing. Is it like. You, it's you, funny because there's it, a lot of things I hide. Not, do you not feel like ready to show a lot of people? No, it's not really that. It's, it's a just personal that, like. Thing? I'm pretty private, to be honest. I'm like, you know, there's a reason why. I've never done like like a reality. I haven't done YouTube until now. You know, it took mm. me a while to fathom the YouTube, the the idea of YouTube. Somebody looking at my personal life. I'm really private to be honest. A lot of things I don't I don't talk about. I don't oh, like sure. to talk about. To be honest, like talking about myself is super, is the only time I feel super awkward. Um, oh, so I hope I'm not. Not I'm, my I'm work though. Not my work. My okay. work I can talk about all day long and it's just whatever. Sure. But like when it talks about like personal stuff, like mm. yes, uh, today we've been talking about it, but it is probably the probably the most awkward I feel is during that. I don't feel awkward. It's just I'm more private. That's just what it is. Sure. Um, and stand-up hasn't become a big major part of my performance life yet mm. or my, maybe it never will. Um, so that's why it's kind of still kind of in the shadows. I don't talk about it too much. What Does there – like, because when you mentioned like Sarah, people like Sarah Silverman, and Louis C.K., those are like giants. Giants in the, in the world. stand-up, but they're also giants and in, in film and TV. Oh sure. The Sarah yeah. Silverman show is really what got me onto her. It wasn't her mm. stand-up. Not that her stand-up's not amazing. Oh, sure. but, but the Sarah Silverman show, that weird humor, like when she, like when that she wakes strange. up one morning and she's like, I feel like shit. I hate this. I'm gonna go get an AIDS test because I know I will get a negative. <laughs> That's how her mind works. And that's it. That's what I love about it. That's how my mind works. Like weird, obscure, very inappropriate, not cool things where she's like, yeah, I'll just get an AIDS test. So she goes and gets an AIDS test and the woman, the nurse is like, can you write down how many sexual partners she's had? She's like, sure. And she writes on two numbers and the nurse is like, what's the second number? She's like, oh, that's from the back. You know, she's just like out of her freaking mind. And then after this scene goes on, you realize she probably has AIDS because she's been having sex with many people unprotected. <laughs> but anyway, just I find her so funny. And I, I think that she says mm. things that are so inappropriate for a woman to yeah. say. Well, and yeah. she's funny about it. Yeah. And on the flip, yeah, and Louis C.K. I feel like is probably also one of the great directors right yes. now too his show he does is everything which i admire directed. i admire that oh, because God. i like that i can write and that i can produce and that i can act and i can wear different hats and i've mm. always like that to me is the pinnacle yeah. is what he does is he he wears every hat basically mm. and he kills it mm. and i i just think there's like some sort of amazing creative freedom there and uh and he's just so smart and i like that he he puts yeah. in his humor. He uses smart humor, but he also uses like stupid humor, oh, and yeah. he combines them, and it works he, because he, it's him. He has that kind of like inappropriate thing. Like, absolutely. I mean, the bit that I remember most reason because I, I saw like he performed a couple years back, and I saw him live. He had this whole thing about like, of course, but maybe. Yes. It, of course. But maybe. Of course. I know this. Of yeah. course, slavery is wrong. Of course. But maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we didn't have slavery, we wouldn't have the pyramids. Yeah, I know. I know. It's really bad. No, he's the best because he's the he's the best at um yeah. taking something uh that's 
you know, like, like how he thinks about people in the line for the post office or getting your checks, how nobody's thinking good things about the person. Yeah, I like, love that. Why? I bet he's a good worker. No, no, he's like, you stupid bitch, look at you writing out yeah. your name, look at you signing it like a little bitch, you know, yeah. like the way he talks, it's just great. It's just, <laughs> he's just so, so good, and that, that's what I mean, he, he, he combines like the, the idiocy with the um, scathing realness, uh, and he, he makes it somehow just not stupid, and it works, and it's not insulting either. Smart stupid. Smart, stupid. He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And do you see your you, do you see yourself directing someday 100%. too? Hundred um, percent. I've written certain things that I'd like to either art direct or direct or at least produce down the line when I have more mm. power and uh, you know million million dollars of budgets and such. Because <laughs> um, it seems you know, like your head is kind of built towards going that way, yeah. little by little. Yeah, because I love performing is where I feel truly alive, um, but I do truly love being a being someone who has more of the creative control over the ent entity as a whole. Yeah. Because I never realized how much more control you have when you're not just being the actor. Yeah. And I don't mean just the actor because acting is so important to me. But I mean when you are more above the line and you have more control over the thing as a whole, it's a totally different experience. And um, I loved – I really liked it. So maybe it's the control freak in me. I don't know. The perfectionist in me. I don't know. <laughs> the type A. I'm extremely type A. So it's like... Type A. Yeah. What does that mean? Meaning that I'm always like, what's next? What am I doing right now? On a vacation, mm. I have to be doing other things. I have to be planning other uh, things. Um, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I'm up at night thinking about something. I have to write something. I have to express something. Um, what's yeah. next? What's next? Oh, no. I know what you mean. I. It's kind of weird for me... I have that, but I think I'm lazier. I'm like a lazy You're type lazy A. You're lazy type A. There's an article that one of my friends sent me. My friend Dorian, like, he's like a lazy type A. It's like, I know, okay, I have this to do. I have this to do. I could be doing this. Yeah. But there's this video here I could be watching. Yeah, exactly. Watch like, and, and not to mention, I do get distracted <sighs> because I might have some some form of ADD as everyone supposedly has. I think at this point everyone gets diagnosed that they have it. Oh, but, yeah. Oh. But let's just say I have some of that probably, um, but... I definitely am one of those people that I can't get off course or I freaking lose it. So I have to keep next, 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 what's next, what's next, yeah. what's next. And I don't get impressed with things like I think most people do. And I, and I feel like that's my fault because like on myself, I'm probably the hardest person on myself. Like mm. I found a resume from like three years ago and I saw how small it was compared to mine now. And I was like, oh, crap, I have been doing things. Because like, because that's how my mind is. Like I could be doing a million things and I'm not yet satisfied and it's, mm. it's a good and bad thing. I think it's what keeps me uh, striving for more and more and working super hard and like and still loving what I do. Mm. But I think I need to give sometimes myself more credit than but I do. I think that as you get more in demand, though, as people like yeah. uh, this guy John yeah. you know, want you more yeah. to do stuff. Though, yeah. That also, you know, how can you stop? Yeah, you I can't. have to keep going. And I refuse. And that's why I think this life is the perfect one for me because if I were to do like a – and have an everyday kind of thing going on, the mm -hmm. same thing every day, I'd probably lose it. Because I have to always be what's next, what's next. If what's next is the exact same thing, yeah, you freak, don't want I freak like, out. I yeah. freak out legitimately. I'm just like, what do I do? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's kind of why I'm loving that I'm also writing and um, things I've written are going to be made. I just freaking love it. So Doctor Seeds is you know one of those things, and I have yeah. another couple other scripts that I've written. Um, when is that coming out? Is that like kind of coming soon? Yeah, it's uh, it's coming soon. I wanted to. I, I think it's going to be. It's definitely going to be this month. Okay, great. Start, at least more content will be released. Um, we shot less than a month ago, and we're already the rough edit's already done. How many episodes might it be? Well, we're going to – I don't want to disclose too much. Oh, sure, um, sure. But, but I appreciate be, you asking. It will be a level of – Sure, content. sure, sure. We're all like – we're going to give out 
a lot of content. Um, we only have two core big episodes that'll okay. be shot and ready. Um, but after we finish releasing those and we do some press and we get some more subscribers on YouTube, mm. then we're gonna go on with the so next the with the next thing. The little bite-sized morsels will get people oh, intrigued of, for the bigger. And ones. there's gonna be a lot of, of morsels, uh, which is scripted <laughs> content. It's not gonna be just like an obscure teaser which mm. i loved our, i love our teaser mm. um but it's going to be more mm. scripted and, and straightforward uh, so for this one so for this series too i mean we talked about how much you're into the improv thing but also the scripted yeah. so this is very so this is very scripted very okay so with improv okay it's scripted with improv. yeah for the most part i think for the episodes it's more so scripted mm -hmm. um but for like uh, you'll see but there's other content we kind of did um which combines the two pretty mm. well and you won't be able to tell the difference, but there's some there's improv mixed with scripted. My point is that we have to reach these certain plateaus. These these certain jokes have to be told. Yeah. These certain moments have to be reached. But the around it, the web, the web that surrounds it. Let's go do whatever, man. Let's see what happens organically. Um, and we really shot on the D train, so you're gonna enjoy that. It's really cool. <laughs> it turned out to, so well. You get to see the full orange. And of course, oh yeah, and it's glory. And of course, being Audrey, you get a lot of different colors. That's oh, all yeah. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Just watching the teaser, I felt like I ate like a rainbow. Yeah, you pretty much did. <laughs> and what's ironic is like that's all the colors that were there. You know, except for some inverted shots, um, for the most part, it's just a very colorful, weird train. And I, again, mm. that's kind of why I liked it. I mean, you know, there's riding the D, which works uh, verbally. Uh, but the train itself is just so yeah. freaking colorful and weird. Well, and it's just, it works. Yeah. Well, there's also that thrill, too, of actually being on that on train. On the damn train. You're not faking it on another train. You're not faking on a set. Mm -mm. You're right there. That's a real train. Uh, so it was a really cool live environment, and I think it comes mm. across on film very well. Last last question with that. Sure. Were there any? Did you actually have any real people coming up to you, or everyone just kind of kept you alone? Well, we did had you a have couple. Any real freaks. To be honest, <laughs> we didn't have a lot of really big incidents. We had some people that literally believed what was happening was real. A lot of people did. So was it the case where they didn't notice the camera that you some, were just some acting out? Some maybe didn't notice the camera. Some because we did it in an interesting way, and I don't know if I want to reveal, but. Um, we got our shots very fast cause we actually had a, a two camera setup okay. and the people, some people didn't even notice, um, which was really done well. Everyone blended in, all the crew blended in with passengers. So a lot of it was really cool. Mm, so it almost had like a, a Borat type. Thing. Yeah. It was like a dog style. Uh, that's which, which is what I wanted. I kind of wanted a comedy that felt a little bit like the office, like with weird, quick sh zoom ins. Mm. And sometimes my character will communicate with the camera and sometimes I won't, you know, that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I'm the only weirdness about the thing. Everything else is very real New York riding gotcha. the D. Um, <laughs> riding the D. So uh, we did have some interesting moments. I remember this one guy would not move from his seat, and we really just needed that one little section. And so we ended up – somebody was like, I'll give you $10, man. And then he got up. You know what I mean? Like just some surge shit like that. Or like there was uh, – there's a moment where this guy was like just videotaping on his own cell phone of this really crazy moment, which you'll see. I don't want to reveal it, which is – it was kind of crazy moment. Mm. And uh, they were just like, what? You know, like weirded out. One guy got super angry because we have this scene where a couple's arguing. And he was like, shut up already. Get along. You know, and he got like really mad. And he thought Real they, New York. Yeah, he really thought they were yeah. arguing. He like legit thought this couple was having a blowout argument. Wow. Um, and it wasn't scripted, and um, it was great. It was brilliant, brilliant. Sweet. So we had some great moments. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, and so you got that. Anything else coming up that you want to mention? Yeah. I mean, let's see. Um, 
Bicycles is making its rounds. Bicycles, a, that was awesome to work on. I yeah, should mention that. Dumbass movie, which I had like a little bit of a hand in. He did. A big hand in. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it's funny because when I watch the final product, though, it's like, all right, I know I worked on this, but this still is, this is very all much Johnny. John. Yeah. It's very much him. Like, even when, because he first came to me with that and said, like, yeah, I have this great. I have this idea about like <laughs> right, food manufacturing weirdness, this token and weirdness. yeah, it'll be like Brazil and THX eleven thirty eight. And I'm yeah. like, sign me up, man. And <laughs> and so we did a few drafts together. And, and it's funny because I've, I've mentioned this before that you know I did a, a version that had dialogue in it. But then when I got to set, it was like, oh, this doesn't have dialogue. Yeah, I loved okay. it though. I mean, I have never done. I don't think I've done a silent film. <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think I did some in, in college or like I did, you know, some fun things here and there. But this was really great because I loved running around basically a maze in a farm for a yeah. couple of days. I mean, I had a blast, honestly. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, had, he has a great mind for mm-hmm. the visual mm-hmm. and also just doing really silly, you know, stuff with that. And very – a dark side to it too. Yeah, but, uh, just a really dark underbelly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so – uh that was fun. That's making its rounds, and people can watch yeah. that. That's um, on Vimeo. If it you is guys on want Vimeo. To check it out. Um, if you guys go, I'll, we'll talk about my social media. You can probably find it there later too. Um, the, the, the the Sarah Seeds social media. Gosh, explosion. I know it sounds like I'm such a tool. Um, <laughs> no, we'll talk. You have to put your. I know out you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, Bicycles is out. You know, Sam is making the rounds. That's that you know comedy that okay. Mel Brooks' son wrote. And he, Mel Brooks is a producer on it, which is cool. Oh. Um, Nick Brooks wrote it. Um, I'm in that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, the Networker is making its rounds right now. It was just at the Hoboken Film Fest. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, Wildcats is online right now. Catsgoingwild.com. Um, Heaven is Now is going to be coming up um, later this year. It's it's doing really great. It looks wonderful. It's a great product. Uh, yeah. It's I'm just great. Be a part um, of me too. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? Oh, The Mint will be coming yeah, out this summer. That'll be like a lot of press and a lot of big stuff. So I'm excited mm. about that. Um, and let's see, Dr. Seeds, we've talked about. Um, so those are all things that are out right now or coming out very soon. But they're always, they're, you're always working there's, on There's two stuff. other movies I'm attached to down the line. You can see it on IMDb that I'm attached to a couple other things, but I don't want to discuss them because it's in, we're still in negotiation, we're still in talks, and yeah. I don't want to reveal anything happening. I also have a couple things with really big, big stuff coming up um, that I'm in negotiation for. We're trying to work out the paperwork and – um, figure that stuff out, but I can't talk about that either, unfortunately. Cool. Um, so I have stuff in the future already coming up, but I can't really discuss, but I do have stuff that I can, which is, you know, the mint heaven is now a couple things that are down the line that'll be coming out soon. So Sweet. yeah, a lot All of right. stuff. So we're good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and of course I think you could probably find on sarahseeds.com. Yeah. There's sarahseeds.com is good. Um, I also have a Facebook uh, fan page, which is um, Sarah Seeds Official, I believe. Mm. Um, it's on Facebook. It's a like page. Um, I also have Twitter. I love Twitter. I think Twitter is like my favorite platform, to be yeah. honest. And uh, I used to hate it. Now I'm obsessed with it. Mm. Um, so that's Sarah's, at Sarah Seeds. I'm also on Instagram at Sarah Seeds. Sweet. Yep. And you can follow uh, The Wages of Cinema. We're on SoundCloud. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh and if you want to write a review for us, please do. We're looking for reviews and stuff like that. Uh, also, keep an eye out. We're finally going to have a logo, uh, an official logo. <laughs> it won't just be like that crappy picture of a, of a film camera that I took <laughs> you know, months back, which which my co-host hated. Right. 
Um, and yeah, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, join us soon as we have more uh, local vocal and more uh, regular shows for you. And we'll see you next week. See you guys next time. Peace. And oh, and I can't. I'd be remiss without saying the tagline: "The wages of cinema is death." Thank you.